Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Welcome. You're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. But before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your infallible word, Lord. We thank you for your eternal being, Lord. We thank you for the love that you've shown us and the compassion, the grace that you've had towards us, Lord, to give us your written word, Lord, in addition to your spoken word. We thank you for our partners and listeners, and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your word this morning, God. We ask that you will minister to each and every one of us according to our needs, God, and we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We're glad to have you with us as we get into the Word in the book of Ephesians. And we are continuing in chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. So if you're whether you're joining us for the first time or you are rejoining us, I'd like to encourage you to maybe pause the episode at this time, just take the time and opportunity to read that section of scripture. And that way it will make it easier to follow along in the discussion. Amen. 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 All right. Well, at this time, we are going to continue on that section. And in a previous episode, we were talking about the gifts and the body and what they're for really to glorify the Lord was done to build up the people not to lord it over them. And in this section of scripture, Paul is explaining this, but also he's informing us through, of course, the leading of the Holy Spirit, what the unity looks like and how it functions and operates. And by unity, I mean unity in the Spirit, because that is vital. It's key. If there's not unity in the Spirit as a result of love, for the Lord and his people, his creation, then the church or the body of Christ cannot function as the Lord designed, purposed, and intended for it to function. So we're going to open up the floor at this time to give each of you the opportunity to share what Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. So who'd like to begin? I would. All right, honey, honey. Okay. Um, you know, I've just been, the Lord has been ministering to me uh, recently and he's just, what he's been saying is that he's ready for his people to know him and Mm -hmm. the truth about who he is. And not that we're, you know, totally off base as the body of Christ, but there's been misconceptions there. And, um, it makes it hard to flow and walk with the Lord when we don't truly have a, an accurate um, or a firm understanding of the Lord and his ways and what he wants and his character. So when God creates, when he created everything, he set a divine order. He does not do things 
in chaos. He doesn't do it, oh, well, let's just figure it out as we go. No, he's very meticulous. He declares mm-hmm. the end from the beginning. He does not control us, but he does set a, a way, a divine way that things should be carried out. And he does set authorities. The Godhead has a divine order. It's not um, subjugated. The, dev- the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit are not subjugated to one another, but there is yielding and honor and respect and agreement with the divine order. God is the father. He sets the overall plan and the dynamic. Jesus is the son. He carries out the will of the father. And so does Holy spirit. You can see through the gospels where the son said, I'm, I'm only doing what the father told me to do. I only say what the father told me to say. And even in speaking of the Holy spirit, the Lord Jesus said the Holy Spirit does not speak on his own initiative, but that what he hears from the Father, that will he speak. So they're, they're willingly um, submitted to the divine order. And just as you said, my love, in the previous podcast, the Lord set um, a, di- a, a divine order in the family structure. There is a purpose to it, but... The, the Lord shares something interesting in Luke 22. Um, let's see. We'll just read verses 24 through 30. It says, now there was also a dispute among them. This is the disciples as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who's the greatest among you, let him be the younger, be as the younger, and he who governs as he who serves. For who is greater, he who sits at the table or he who serves? Is it not he who sits at the table? Yet I am among you as the one who serves. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. And I bestow upon you a kingdom, just as my father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So the Lord was saying to them, don't think about this in natural mind and natural terms, but put your mind on the spiritual place that I've set for you while you're here, be humble and serve and be lowly just as I am. It doesn't change who I am to, to God the Father because I have come and, and served. It doesn't change my dominion and my authority. It doesn't change my sonship. It doesn't change the love that the Father has for me. And this is the way that the Lord wants things carried out in the earth because this is a temporary place that we're um, sojourning through, that we're coming through in the earth. And there will be a time for you to be exalted, to, to, to gain crowns, to, um, you know, for them in particular, they were going to sit on the, on the thrones, dwelling, uh, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. That was set apart for them. There's no need for them to try to take it here and make subjects for themselves because that's okay. outside of alignment. Now, when we look at the family dynamic that you mentioned in the previous episode, my love, and and also what the Lord is saying here, it is raising up a family. And in that raising up a family, yes, there is authority for the mother and the father and the older siblings in their own um, accord, but there is a lot of serving. You think about when a child comes into the world, 
while those parents have authority and dominion, they are doing a lot of serving to those children. Um, You don't get to sleep when you want. You don't get to eat when you want. You don't get to take a bath when you want. Everything that you're doing is revolving around raising up that young one, protecting it, nourishing it, training it, keeping it, Mm -hmm. right? And just that's just the keeping it alive part. That doesn't even mean instilling any kind of character um, development as the child goes. That's just the basic necessities. And there is a lot of serving that happens. And likewise, when you're an older sibling and you have younger siblings come along, you serve that younger sibling in helping the parents in that service. Does it mean that the the younger um, the new arrival is dictating verbally? You do what I want. You you know no. But it's the necessity of cultivating the whole project that God is working on, cultivating the whole family so that it's nourished, right? And that it's able to be strengthened and grow together and edified in love. If the family's broken, if the family's dying off, is there strength there? Is there any productivity there? Is there any love or life happening? That is loss. Exactly. So likewise, as the Lord is giving these places that do come with an authority, but not an authority of serve me, carry me on this, this flowery bed of ease, be at my beck and in my whim, there is a give and return of service. Um, and so like now, as you guys are older, now you bring me a cup of water, right? I still yes, prepare mommy. food for you, but now you prepare food in your efforts to become a functioning adult. Now you begin to demonstrate the things that have been demonstrated and done for you and have the opportunity to mature in your growth so that we are what growing into that perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ Jesus. So keeping that in mind that God is not afraid of authorities. He set them in place, but they have their limits, their boundaries. Yes, darling. What you were saying is even the scripture you read from Luke, Paul repeats something very similar. When, yes, again, talking about the body mm-hmm. in Corinthians, that's mm-hmm. uh, chapter 12. I'll just read verses 20 through 26. It says, but now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it that there should be no schism in the body, but the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Amen. And you see that same thing, whether it's in the family, whether it's in the church or the body of Christ, or the bride of Christ being built up, that's, you see this because our Lord is consistent. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he is. That that same, I'll say, mindset that the Lord has of this is how it's supposed to look like. This is how the body nurtures itself and takes care of itself. And he, and you see it in the family dynamic, which we saw all the way even back what was supposed to be, even in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. in Scripture. Right? There's always a, a caring, a nurturing, a building up, a training, an equipping, and admonishment, exhorting, and even 
rebuke when necessary to build the body up, that it function as the Lord designs, intended, intends. Amen. To, to carry out his plan, purpose, his will, and his covenant. Amen. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians 14, there is a, a concept here um, that it's it's small and it would be hidden in, unless we were looking for it. But in four, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26, at the very end of the verse, and, it, and I'll just read the whole verse, verse 26, it says, How is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation, let all things be done for edification. And when he said that, it, it is also similar to what he's saying here. This is for the growth and the edification of the body. But what he was saying is, what are your motives? Are you holding this and carrying it the right way? Are you sharing this so that you feel important? So that you sell more books, that you make more money, that you have preeminence? Or are you sharing this because the Holy Spirit is using you as a vessel to strengthen his body. You know, and he's talking about the Psalm and the revelation and all that stuff. He was very surprised and curious because also in the efforts that, um, the people were trying to make it about their greatness versus the greatness of Jesus Christ and the edification of the purpose that he's working on. Christ, the head is working on. Mm -hmm. It began to be evident that there was self-seeking right and a yes, and it's not to find fault this is just something that the human flesh will always try to do that the adversary will always try to insert as we are walking in our journey with the lord and if we're not observing and we're not mindful of that that could be entered into anybody's life so it's not just them and it's not just i'm not naming any big name pastor so don't think i'm talking about anybody i'm not talking about anyone I'm saying always as we are going forward and the purpose that God designed is for us to have a pure motive before him and that we keep his motivation as our motivation and realize that he's already set the example. Serving in love, serving the father for first of all <laughs> and foremost and the people around you just get the benefit of your service. But using and walking in line with his purpose so that it is a pure manifestation, a pure gift coming out of you. Yes, mommy. Amen. But Charles? Yes, mommy. As you're speaking and you're talking about how he was, um, the Apostle Paul was writing about edification, how that's what we should be doing inside of the body of Christ and with all these various gifts that the Lord gave me. The Lord um, remind me of how we see at in chapter, not chapter, in verse 7 where he begins it with but um, and how you have to look back to fully understand uh, what he's trying to say here is that most times when we think of this we try to classify ourselves in different manners um, and we see that Jesus wasn't uh, when he was inside the earth he still understood that he was God meaning that he still was part of the Godhead mm -hmm. but he transferred to a different role and that's something that's very important we're not um, as you're saying mom we place above someone else we're not greater because we're given these roles and that as you even pointed out inside of the previous podcast that the Lord's giving this to us as we're walking in his will 
Amen. But we see after he be, after the Apostle Paul writes all these things about the various fivefold ministry, he says this is all for unity in the body of Christ, so we're no longer driven mm-hmm. to and fro like little children. Mm-hmm. Meaning that um, we see with Christ and his disciples, he didn't treat them um, as equals, I would say. He taught them. He was the teacher of them. They weren't mm-hmm. teaching him. He was teaching them. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we have to be conscious of while the Lord does place people inside our lives to teach us, the ultimate teacher, as you tell us often, that should be Christ. And we should always be looking for that. That's where the edification comes from. And the Lord remi- reminded me of it doesn't matter what position somebody holds if they're telling you to sin, it's not going to edify you regardless. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're a pastor or a prophet or evangelist or an apostle, it's not going to help you. It's going to do the exact opposite. So when we come from the basis of even as people who um, aren't necessarily called to the fivefold and looking up to them and just saying, well, they got these credentials, so I'm going to take whatever they say. When we take that perspective, we're automatically going to be falling into sin. Paul is writing here is that these people who are actual apostles and that the Lord is actually calling it and are speaking right, that's what you should be doing. Because we also see that the apostle Paul says, if I ever stop following Christ, don't follow me anymore. Cast me away, essentially. Let me drift. Um, meaning that don't try to follow him and his unfollowing in Christ. And if you were to be in opposition to the Lord? Yes. Okay, yes. And how when we take the perspective of, okay, Lord, I'm being I'm subjugated to these people or I listen to them because that's what you have for me to do. Um, and we see that Jesus, when he was younger and his physical thing, it said he was subjugated to his parents. Because that's what the father was asking him to do in the moment. Even though he was still God and vastly outranked them, I say, in the heavenly <laughs> community, he still was subjugated because that's what the Lord had for them to do. And when we take the perspective of even inside of the body, all things that um, are needed in the body are functioning or should be functioning. And mommy, as somebody in the medical practice, you tell us often that if one thing in the body doesn't function the other fun, um, other body parts has to try to function and, and carry over in that role that the other member is not doing anymore mm-hmm. they have to work increasingly harder, harder mm-hmm. so that way they can still perform at the same level or efficiency to maintain life yes mm-hmm. now i want to clarify a word really quickly there is a difference between being subject mm-hmm. and subjugated absolutely being subject means i take myself and i choose to take a lower position Subjugated means you put your hand on the back of my neck, if you will, and you are trying to push me into a lower position. They're different. Subjugated is being done upon you by someone else. Subject is being done by you willingly to or toward someone else. Our allegiance and our loyalty has to be to Christ alone. Amen. And because we are loyal to him at his behest, we make ourselves subject in certain areas. For example, God is the one who asked me to respect my husband. My husband isn't going, you better respect me, woman. Right? Yes. I mean, he could try. But for me, I'd be like, uh, <laughs> I, you know, that doesn't work for me. But God asked me to do it, so I do willingly. My husband isn't waking up every morning trying to make me subjugate it to him. So Christ is the one that I owe allegiance. Christ's behest to me 
causes me to be obedient in all things, to walk with my husband in love, to take care of my children, to respect my bosses, to et cetera, et cetera, walk in love. It's at Christ because my loyalty is purely to him, right? And I love others out of that loyalty to God, but I'm not doing anything because my husband goes, you better cook that chicken. You better do, you know, (laughs) this is what you're going to believe. This is what you're not going to believe. No, no, he's not my God, but he is my brother in Christ. And he is in a role that does carry an authority with it, which I respect because I'm loyal to my God. So keeping that in perspective, God never said, give, have another God. He was very clear about that. Don't have any other gods. You got one God, right? Yes. Yes. And there is unity in the Godhead. Jesus is only saying what the father said. Holy spirit is only saying what the father wants. Right. Yes. So I don't have to pick and choose. Who do I listen to? God or God, the father, God, the son, the Holy spirit. Nope. They're one and they each have their own role and they're all working the same purpose, but he gets my allegiance. And everyone else gets the benefit. The moment someone strays that has been given a position of authority, I am obligated to follow Christ, period. Yes. And try to restore that one if I can. But my allegiance is to Christ alone. Absolutely. Very quickly, something that the Lord was showing me, and we'll maybe have to discuss this in another podcast, but introducing the idea of why the Lord asked us to be a servant. It teaches us something. It does something on the inside of us when we learn to serve others, because when we get to back to heaven, you can bet your bottom dollar you're going to be serving the Lord because that's what we are. We're his disciples. We're his servants, not his slaves, but we're his servants. We're mm-hmm. his friends, and we willingly do the work that he asked us. So it's so that we can perform there we learn it here and it does something to your mind your will and emotions and it does something to your flesh and your spirit when you learn to serve others willingly and lovingly mm-hmm. yes serve them mm-hmm. well again and with that let's understand this right because it was brought up how we all love and appreciate those that are in christ the fact that the lord came down right, subjected himself to be alongside us. Yes. To die on the cross for us, right? Yes. He walked with us. Yes, he he is and was and is the Lord of heaven and earth, right? Yes. Yes. But did he lord it over the people while he was here or us? No. No. No, not at all. He walked alongside, building us up. He showed us what he intended and purpose that it should look like, even for those in authority. Mm-hmm. He built up his disciples, encouraged them, equipped them, trained them up, yes, in the faith, but also naturally in their personal lives. Right? Yes. yes. So, again, going back to the family and the structure dynamic, whether it's the family in your own household or the family as in the body of Christ, the church or the bride of Christ. Yes. You may be in places in a place and position where you have authority. However, those people that are around you, those that have positions and authority above you, but also those people that just came into the faith, we should view them in the way Christ viewed them as brothers and sisters in Christ. 
and joint heirs with him, of which we are also. So yes, you are my children, but you're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And that is the mindset and the perspective we all should have. That's exactly what Christ said, right? Who are my mother and my brothers? But those that do the will of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, shouldn't I, as a, as your brother in Christ, be encouraging, exhorting, admonishing you, right, equipping you to go forth and do the will of the Lord, follow the destiny track that he has for you? Amen. Yes. And, and helping you, walking alongside you for the, the time that the Lord has for me to walk alongside you to help you progress in that. Right? Not to be a hindrance, not to lord it over you or to, to, to try to redirect you from doing the Lord's will to doing my will. Mm-hmm. No, may it never be. May we just encourage and help each other, but also equip and train. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But have this, this perspective, which was in Christ. We are brothers and sisters in the faith. We are, yes, even if you have a position of authority, they're still also your equals. Amen to that. As in your brothers and sisters, right? It's something that we say all the time in this family. It doesn't matter what your age is or right, any of those other things. It doesn't matter you know, if you've completed high school or you're in college, you've completed whatever, whatever it is, those are your peers, your equals. Mm-hmm. So let's have that same mindset. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a, you know, if a newborn in the faith, an infant in the faith, mm-hmm. that's still my brother or sister in, in the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I should be treating them as an equal. Amen. Regardless of what place and position the Lord has blessed me or you with. Amen. 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 All right. There's a lot there. So we're going to pause for today. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right. I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us the opportunity, the ability to learn from you, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for being our God, Lord, and showing us all these things, Lord, so we can apply it to our lives, Lord. And that becomes firsthand to us, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for showing us the things to come, Lord, and all the trials that we need to overcome, Lord, so that we can overcome them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on Connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says Subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.